When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everybody and welcome to the 75th episode of the most talked about Nuggets podcast among the members of my immediate family. Welcome to the DNVR Nuggets' Serbian Corner. Oh boy, what a week. I don't think there was a three-game losing streak that felt this bad in recent memory. After a three-day break, the Nuggets finally resumed their season uh, last week. It was a weird game in Los Angeles. Nikola Jokic recorded uh, 22, 15, and 10, and was a plus one in the plus-minus column, but that doesn't describe his game at all. He had a stretch mainly in the second quarter where he missed nine consecutive shots, and then another one mostly in the fourth quarter where he hit only one of eight shots. All in all, nine of 32 from the field, and it looked like Nikola's wish he got granted by the genie from Aladdin's lamp of never missing a floater finally expired. Sure, Everybody off the bench was a pretty big minus in their minutes, but the game had enough good individual performances. It needed only a non-abysmal shooting performance from Jokic, coupled with an assist-to-turnover ratio that is better than the one of Joel Embiid, for it to be a comfortable win. Porter had 18 points on eight shots. He did pass up, up on a few shots in the second half, but really should have been more involved in the actions, especially in the fourth quarter when he had zero attempts from the field. Then Houston game, uh, Houston came to town. Jokic shot poorly again, uh, 9 out of 26. His turnover stung even worse this time because he ended up with only five assists. Again, it was the super cold stretch that caused it. He started the game shooting 1 of 10. He made several shots in a row in that late game 18-0 run that was, let's be honest, garbage time. It was minus 25 before it started. So 9 of 26 actually looks better on paper than what actually happened. Mike was good, especially in that first stint when he was staggered with the bench. Aaron was benched. KCP hit some amazing shots. Otherwise, I thought he played a pretty mediocre game, if not worse than that. And Jamal was... I don't know what he was. That's why I have a great guest today to help me figure figure it out. Uh, the ball arena, by the way, is not pure anymore this season. The Nuggets have lost a game in it, and I didn't love that. Okay, my guest for today is the host of the DNVR Sports, Sports Podcast. By the way, if you missed it, go back and watch his episode with MPJ's skills coach, Michael Masser, yesterday. It was a banger. He is right now the most informed Denver Nuggets reporter, somebody who spends more time in the Nuggets locker room than on his own vacation. He is the biggest Amy Del Duomo advocate in the world. It's Harrison Harrywind. Welcome to the show, Harry. Miroslav, thanks for having me on. Um, I don't know when the last time I was on Serbian Corner was, but um, thanks for bringing me on after 
so I can have the back-to-back losers lounges after <laughs> our DNVR Nugget show last night. Thank you. We o- we only could have heard you for a short time, uh, you know, yeah. last night after the game. So I I wanted to to get your full perspective. Honestly, I I I have no idea it is going to be this bad of a moment when we agreed on this uh, <laughs> upon this show. I, I was actually thinking about making a Jokic hype cast today considering how amazing he was in his first 20 games and yeah. you know also taking into the account you said you will retire from the Nuggets coverage once Nikola retires did you maybe I, consider- stand, I, I stand by that by the way yeah I stand so by did that. you did you consider last night retiring early like I did <laughs> um briefly yeah briefly when he went when he started the game one of ten from the floor um i was yeah i was second guessing my career just just a tiny bit um i gotta say though man when he, in the first half last night there was a a stunned silence at ball arena after he started one of 10 because nobody there had ever seen him shoot that poorly before like you know, he, had, he had the bad shooting game on the road against the clippers but at home at Ball Arena, in front of a home crowd, nobody had ever seen him go one of ten like that. And there was a weird quietness that I've never felt there before during that first half. Yeah, we're going to go through all the main Nuggets guys, but we really need to start with him. So, in these last two games, he is 18 of 58 from the field. For a moment, I thought that was exactly what Kobe had in his last game, but no, it's actually worse. Kobe was 22 of 50 in his last game and scored 60 points to Nicola's 45 in these yeah. two games. So, somehow Nicola ended up a positive in plus-minus in both games, but I think that doesn't paint the, the picture right. Do you have any theories? Is it just that we have to suffer before Yokmas every year? And we were having it too good this time around? Uh, well, of course, that's the number one theory. Um, there's probably a lot of truth to it. But um, no, actually, I think there's a lot of things going on. Um, it, it's it's funny because maybe if the Nuggets didn't start off the season so hot and like take the first 10 games of the season so seriously, maybe we would expect this type of... Uh, this type of stretch to come because like the Nuggets and Nicole Jokic just have these types of stretches throughout the season. Maybe not when he's shooting this poorly, but they have these swoons through an 82 game regular season. Every team does. It just sucks that it's happening, you know, after they started the season so strong and like they were taking everything so seriously. So I think that kind of cloudies the picture a little bit. Um, with Jokic, though, I mean, the Nuggets have played the most games in the NBA. Um, Jokic has had a huge responsibility early on this season. There's been so much on his shoulders without Jamal Murray in the lineup for a lot of the year so far. I, th- I think just a lot of that pressure might be weighing on him. Um, just the responsibility he has every night, I think, might be weighing on him. I think he's a little banged up right now. Uh, to be honest, uh, he, he's been on the injury report with low back pain a couple times this season. Uh, he was icing a lot of parts of his body last night in the locker room. I just think he's banged up a little bit. 
And um, look, man, it's it's the grind of the 82 game season. He has stretches like this. The team has stretches like this. It's going to happen. But his shooting has been the the thing that makes this a topic because he just never shoots this poorly. So he had nine free throw attempts on 58 field goal attempts. And many, many of those were in the paint. Do you think he was trying to make a point with the refs on, on certain shots? Like, okay, you didn't give me a call now. I'm going to do the exact same thing. I want to dare you not to give me another call. Yes. Yes. The, the officiating, it's been a big topic of conversation, obviously, with the Nuggets this season. They don't get to the line a lot. Um, they're near the bottom or at the bottom of the league in free throw attempts. And I've got to think with how much we've been talking about it and how much, you know, it's getting talked about in the Nuggets universe. I've got to think it's seeped into the locker room and that the team's talking about it. And with just how they've played and the amount of dialogue there was with the officials last night, I mean, the Nuggets were on the officials from the opening tip last night. Like, it, I've got to think that the officiating is just something in the back of their heads right now. And yeah, I definitely think it seeped, you know, into Jokic's brain a little bit. I've got to think he's thinking about it a little bit and um, he's frustrated. And I, I think you've seen a little bit of that just in his play and maybe trying to get to the line in some situations, trying to grift calls when in the past he would never think of doing that. And I, I think that's maybe contributing to some of his misses. So I definitely think it's it's in the air. Yeah, I was watching the Altitude uh, broadcast last night, and Chris Marlowe is so good at his job, man. Like, so versus Houston, the Nuggets were ahead 14 to 7 after Jamal made like two threes, KCP made a three, along with one circus shot in the last second of the possession. But Chris said at that moment, the Nuggets are off to a good start, exactly like in Los Angeles. But that time they couldn't hold on to it because he saw that that Nikola was off, and of course Houston made a 13-0 run at that moment. Uh, what do you think about that notion? Jokic was not just missing floaters early; he was missing them pretty bad, overshooting straight into a back of the rim. It, it's like he he couldn't find the um, balance on his shots at all. Yeah. Is it, is it the physicality maybe of the other guys that's just not being called? I think it could be part of it. He was asked last night about Houston playing physical. And he said, I mean, yeah, everybody's just been playing physical against us. So I think that's definitely the recipe that teams are going to against Nicole Jokic and the Nuggets. They're trying to be physical. Uh, they're trying to make the refs call fouls. And then if they don't, you know, it's obviously a win. Um, so I definitely think that's part of it. Like when teams defended Shaq back in the day, I mean, part of the strategy was just make the ref call the foul every time because they're probably not going to call it. And I wonder if that's what teams are trying to play against the nuggets like you can't call a foul every time um so if you're just if you start the game physical and they don't call it right away why wouldn't you just keep it up 
Okay, we will come back to Jokic while we are talking about the other guys because you know he's is in the center of everything. So uh, many things that that uh, concerned the other starters uh, concern Nikola as well. So we'll take one short break and then we'll come back with Jamal Murray. Don't go anywhere. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, another guy I wasn't impressed with was Jamal. We often call him a 1B on the Nuggets, but there's one thing we easily oversee about him. He actually had the exact same shooting night as Jokic last night, just on a slightly smaller volume. And yet, we only speak about Jok. And as we should, by the way, let's not pretend Jamal is 1B in that case. If we're grading everybody on a different curve, we, we should mention that we have one superstar and then we have some some uh, really good players around him. I, I just needed to get that out of my system. Sorry, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hater. So, how did Jamal look to you in these two games since he returned from the ankle injury? Physically, he's looked pretty good. Um, it doesn't seem like the ankle's bothering him too much, although I definitely don't think he's at 100%. Um, he started the game off great. Like, I don't know if you remember, he hit like two threes in the first quarter. I tweeted out that picture of him yelling at Dylan Brooks from a game last year when, when Dylan Brooks was on the Grizzlies because it seemed like that was the way the night was going. It seemed like Jamal was just going to have a great night. Uh, but he didn't. He really cooled off. And I mean, I, I just think the the theme of Jamal's season has been the injury so far. I mean, he's only played in 10 games, uh, less than half of Denver's total game so far. He just has never really found a rhythm. Um, and, I mean, I, I trust Jamal. I got to think the injuries are the biggest reason why. Uh, he He's on a minute restriction right now, um, even though he played 32 minutes last night. I think the Nuggets went over that restriction with how they had that fake comeback in the fourth quarter. Um but yeah, I just I've got to think just the injuries are the biggest reason he hasn't been able to be consistent so far. And it's been disappointing, man, because I mean, you know, I thought this could be the year of Jamal Murray. I thought he could rise above what he's done in the regular season so far to this date. Uh, but it just hasn't happened. And um, I think he'll be better. But it's been a disappointing start to the season from him, no doubt. Yeah, I just hate to be right about it when I said, yeah, I mean, I mean, year of Jamal, what does it even mean? Do we expect a 25-point-per-game season? He's he's right now at, what, like 16 points per game? 
something yeah. like that, which is which is uh, like less than in his uh, last several uh, healthy seasons. Uh, the 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 playmaking was really good at the beginning of the season. I'm not sure it's holding up uh, so great uh, as well. Do you feel that the Nuggets were pressing the two-man game too much uh, in Houston and in uh, versus the Clippers in Los Angeles? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, if you just like the Nuggets didn't have a lot of made baskets last night, but they only had 22 assists. That's a really low number for them. And I mean, they would have had more, obviously, if Nikola Jokic converted what he like he usually does. Um, but yeah, and the two-man game is like the nugget safe zone. You know, that that's what they go to when things get tough. Um, when there's not a great offensive rhythm, they go to the two-man game because it's just reliable and it can freeze other guys out. Um, the ball does not get popping. Uh, but you know it's not it's not the worst option because it did lead the Nuggets to a championship. Uh, but sometimes the well dries up, and like I feel like that's kind of what happened. Yeah, uh, another starter that that wasn't great lately. And you are in the locker room. You have good seats in the arena for the games. What the hell is going on with Aaron Gordon? How come he turned into Ben Wallace on offense? I don't feel like any of his non-dunk shots are going in right now. Well, teams just aren't guarding him on offense if he's outside the paint. And I think it's in his head a little bit. Like, to be honest, I think it would get in any player's head. Um, That's really the only way to guard the Nuggets effectively is just if you don't even pay attention to Aaron Gordon and you just focus your energy on everybody else. And so defenses aren't guarding him. They're letting him shoot threes. They're letting him shoot jumpers. He's shooting a career worst from three right now. I think he's like right above 20%. And um, it's, it's an issue because like you need him to be a threat. And not right now, Denver's kind of just playing four on five when he's on the perimeter. Um, Defensively, I think he's had moments this season, but yeah, he's it's been disappointing so far. And the main thing that that I think about is just like teams aren't really worrying about him on offense. You know, he he has a couple of moments each game where, you know, he'll connect with Nicola on a lob at the rim. Um, He'll have a moment in transition here or there. Uh, But his efficiency is way down this year. I mean, he's under 50% from the field, and um, it's been kind of shocking. Yeah, he was like 57% last year, something yeah. like that. He, he, it was his best best uh, uh, career season so far. So now we need to go back to Jokic. So when Nikola is shooting this poorly, like in, in these last two games, you just can't play Gordon together with him. Because if neither of those guys are hitting anything, do you think we saw less Gordon minutes last night because of it, or was it just coincidental? You know that uh, I think. Better? I think what happened is, I mean, a- AG and KCP both weren't on the floor to end the game, right? Yes. Yeah, it was Reggie Jackson and Peyton Watson there. I think what happened is the Nuggets just started a run with that lineup and just kept that lineup in and just let those guys finish the game. 
I, I think that's all that really was. I, I don't think we're in a scenario where the Nuggets are suddenly going to like cut Aaron Gordon's minutes drastically. I, they've, they've lost three in a row. It, it is what it is. Um, they're in a rut, but I don't, I don't think they're all of a sudden going to abandon what's worked the last couple of years. What's your gut feeling? They have two East Coast or Eastern Conference games ahead of them. What's your gut feeling? Do you do you expect them to come back in those games, even even when it's on the road? Well, they go to Atlanta, a place they never win. <laughs> I don't know what their what exactly their their historical record is in Atlanta, but it doesn't feel good. And then they go to Chicago, um, a place that can be tough to win. You know, a place that's going to have a lot of uh, Nikola Jokic supporters there. Yeah, he plays well in Chicago. Yeah, he does. Um, so, I mean, I think splitting the road trip one and one would be positive. Uh, just just to get a win on the board at this point would be a positive. Um, like, do I feel great about it right now? No, uh, but. I, when you're in a three-game trip or a three-game slide like this, it seems worse than it actually is. Um, but it just feels like the Nuggets also kind of need a vibes reset. They, they, they just need a reset. And I don't know if a, a two-game road trip to Atlanta and Chicago is going to do that. Uh, but you feel like they just need to kind of take a deep breath and reset everything right now. Okay, so when we get into the into the uh, uh, slide, when when we le- lose three games in a row, us European fans, we tend to go to coaching then. And Ima Yudoka did wonders with his Houston team. I do like a lot of pieces on that team, but come on, they shouldn't win their season matchup against the Nuggets. Not to mention without Nuggets killer Boban Marjanovic, who I believe didn't record a single minute in those uh, games. Do you feel like he outcoached Michael Malone in these four games? Or do you think the regular season coaching is just overstated in the NBA? No, I don't think he outcoached Michael Malone. I just think Nicole Jokic didn't shoot well. <laughs> I really think that's the entire reason for the Nuggets loss. I mean, Nicole Jokic was one of 10 from the floor in the first half. And I think the Nuggets were down single digits. I don't, were they down 10 points? It might've been like nine points or something. They were down. They were still in the game. (laughs) If Nikola Jokic has like a career average shooting night last night, Denver probably wins by 10 points. So I don't think he got out coached. You may have known because a good coach, but um, honestly, man, I think it was, Sorry to have a boring answer on your podcast, but I think it was just Nikola Jokic did not shoot like he usually does. We, we always return to that. I have a philosophical question then. Uh, do you think it's easier to motivate a group of young guys like Houston has or a group of veterans that have won the championship uh, like the Nuggets in December? Young guys for sure. For sure. And... Um, I've got to think that's a big reason why Houston's been one of the stories of the league so far. They do have a lot of young guys who were probably embarrassed about who they were last year. And they're probably a little embarrassed about how that they were talked about. 
And I'm sure Ime Udoka used that as bulletin board material coming into the season. And he's like, you guys want to be talked about like you were last year? Okay. Um, and so, yeah, they got a lot of young guys. Alper and Shengun always gets up for that matchup against Jokic. I mean, that's the four times they play the Nuggets this season. Those are his four biggest games of the year. I mean, he idolizes Jokic. He loves playing against him. And I've got to think he's feeling really good about himself after how he's played against them so far this season. So I think another part of it was Houston has gotten up for these matchups too. And, and everybody gets up for a matchup when you're playing against the Nuggets now. They're the, the defending champs. I mean, everybody wants to give their best against him. Um, so I think that was that's a lot of it too. It's It's definitely easier to motivate that type of group than it is a group that honestly – could they the nuggets want to play well this regular season but i think they proved they can flip the switch last year and that might have been like the worst thing for them because they know they can do it yeah <laughs> it's so funny like no 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 we're good we're good we we'll be fine we'll be fine and and Dude, we are just biting our nails Miroslav, last year the nuggets were a bottom 10 defense the entire season they were a bottom 10 defense the entire year. And heading into the playoffs, we thought this team was really good. But we actually did not know if they'd be a good enough playoff defense. I thought they would be because I thought I saw enough at certain points throughout the regular season. I thought I did, but I honestly did not know for sure. Then after game one of Minnesota, I think we all knew because they did flip the switch and they, they did prove they could lock in when it actually started mattering. But I mean, all of last regular season, we were wondering, could they? Um, and I've got to think now they know they can too. So it is what it is. Yeah. We are nervous, but if you listen to like somebody from, from, from a bit of afar, like, like Bill Simmons, for instance, he still has the nuggets in a tier of their own. Like yeah, sure, yeah. The, the Timberwolves are are cute, and you know the Lakers look pretty good, and Phoenix Suns maybe who knows, and Oklahoma is pretty exciting as well. But come on, it's the Nuggets. You you need to beat the Nuggets if you want to get out of the West. I agree with that. Okay, let's take one more short break, and then we'll get to some other guys. Okay. Michael Porter Jr. might be the most interesting starter so far this season. He's been up and down on both sides of the court, but I feel he's been really good lately. We finally got the MPJ stagger last night, and it looked good, at least in the first stint. I mean, honestly, everything looks good versus Jamal's non-Jokic minutes this season, which are like minus... I don't know, 25 net rating, something like that. But I digress. How did Mike look to you last night? And did you feel he needed the ball more again, like in, in Los Angeles? He looked amazing when he got the ball, but he didn't get the ball a ton. Um, yeah, Michael Porter has, has been on fire as of late. I think he's getting over his ankle injury, which cloudied his first, you know, month of the regular season. 
I honestly think the reason why he started off shooting poorly this year was solely the ankle. I, I really think that is it. The only time Michael Porter's ever been in shooting slumps throughout his career, he's been hurt. And, and I think his balance was thrown off uh, because of that ankle, you know, in October and November. And now he's finally feeling more like himself and closer to 100%. I don't know if he's quite at 100% yet, but I think he's almost there. Um, so I think that's kind of been, been a big theme of his season so far and a reason why he's shooting the ball well. Uh, but watching him last night, he looked frustrated to me. Like he was calling for the ball a lot throughout the game. You know, he had his arms up on a lot of possessions, like, like, dude, I'm wide open and on fire. Um, I think he does a really good job of not voicing his frustrations publicly and just kind of keeping all that on the down low because, um, I mean, he's a professional. He knows how to handle that stuff now. Uh, he, he's not going to make a big deal of it, but he should be getting the ball more. Absolutely. And I think everybody kind of knows it. Um, but it's just one of the one of the downfalls, like we talked about earlier, of the two-man game is sometimes it freezes out other guys. And the Nuggets have to look to get him more involved, whether it's you know just calling more plays for him or just sending a message to the locker room that like, look, we got to get this guy more shots. Yeah. What was your main takeaway from Michael Messer's interview you did about MPJ's growth and bets for his further development? Um, man, there were a lot of takeaways. I think one of them was that what Michael Porter has done throughout his Nuggets tenor and fitting into the role that the Nuggets need him to has been a huge sacrifice for him. Uh, because if you remember, like Michael Porter was the number one recruit in high school, he could have gone number one in the draft that season if he did not have a back surgery in the lead up to the draft. Um, he was a guy at one point that was probably going to come in and potentially lead the league in scoring one day and to fit into the role that the nuggets have needed him to and asked him to has been a huge sacrifice. And he probably, we give him a lot of credit for that. Maybe we don't give him enough credit for that uh, because I don't know a lot of guys in his situation that would have done that and would have done that like as successfully as he's done. Um, and like the Nuggets have needed to, him to be, you know, the third or fourth option. They've needed him to be a better defender. They've needed him to rebound it. And he's done like everything they've asked of him. So um, I give him credit. It's what the Nuggets have needed him to do to win. And he's been willing to do that. So um that was one of my big takeaways. And another one is like Michael Porter's work ethic is insane. Uh, whenever I've, I've asked Calvin Booth about his work ethic, he's always talked about a championship work ethic. And um, like Michael Porter's always in the gym. Uh, Michael Messer talked about this. Like they have to tell him to stay out of the gym on off days or, you know, when he's banged up or when it'd be in the best interest of his body to, not practice or not like go work out that day. Uh, so his work ethic is insane. And like he, he does have that championship mindset and work ethic and he's willing to do whatever it takes. 
Yeah, I would like to call everybody to to go back and and watch the the full interview. It was like a twenty five minutes of pure gold. I really I really enjoyed that. So thank you for that, Harrison. Okay, let's let's move on to to KCP. He he made some crazy crazy shots lately, like that circus shot in the first quarter, yeah. and then the one the the three at the end of was it the second quarter. I think it was second quarter, might might be third actually. I think it was second uh, in the Houston game alone. He has been maybe the most consistent starter next to Jokic this season. But do you feel that consistency is still there? Mostly yes. Um, but what I've always been worried about with KCP, and he's you know 30 years old now. It's going to be 31 in. February. Did you know KCP has played the second most minutes in the NBA this season total? Second most. Behind uh, Nikola Vucevic, funny enough. I wouldn't have picked him for playing the most minutes so far, but he has. Uh, KCP has played the second most minutes, and he plays through a lot of like minor injuries. Uh, he did last year. And you just never really hear about it. Um, but I've always wondered about, like, are the Nuggets playing him too much? And he's playing 34 minutes a game this season. That's more than he played last year. Um, I'm, I, I don't think, like, he's wearing down or anything. Uh, but the Nuggets are relying on him a lot. I, I would like to see his minutes decrease slightly. Uh, just because he's he's getting older, he's got a lot of miles on his body, and um, he's a guy you absolutely need fresh for the playoffs. Um, I wonder if kind of the minutes are lowering just the, you know, just the average that you're going to get for K from KCP every night. I wonder if that's just lowering ever so slightly, just because of how many minutes he's playing. So connected to that, do do you think Michael Malone's trust in Christian Brown uh, or lack of his trust is the reason why KCP is playing so many minutes? Like, w would you expect Christian Brown to take the majority of those reduced minutes? Yeah, I would. And Christian Brown is not playing as much as I thought he would. Like Christian Brown played 14 minutes last. He's been in the teens these last three games. Um, his minutes were up in the air and fluctuating a little bit when he was playing backup point guard when, when Jamal Murray was hurt, and I, I understood that. But I thought Christian Brown would be playing a little more than he is, um, and, and that's kind of a mystery to me. Um, like 14 minutes against the Rockets, 16 minutes against the Clippers, and I, I thought he played well in the in the Clippers game. Um, I would like to see Michael Malone dial back KCP's minutes slightly and 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 play Christian Brown more, but um, it's yeah, that's interesting why he hasn't been playing more. So I, I believe one guy that is actually responsible for for Christian Brown playing less minutes is Reggie Jackson, who's been the most impressive of the bench guys so far, probably because he started in more in more than half of the games so far. Uh, we before the season we all thought that Christian would be that sixth starter or uh, the sixth guy 
for the team playing 25 to 30 minutes just like Bruce did last year. But so far it looks like it, it's going to be Reggie. I mean, yeah. he is... He, he is uh, I mean, if Jamal is healthy, Reggie is not playing as many minutes as Bruce did last season. But it looks like Reggie locked him, himself uh, in that sixth-man position right now. Yeah, I agree. That's probably the biggest reason. And, like, Reggie Jackson has been phenomenal this year. He's been way better than I think any of us realistically thought he could be. And, like, you got to give him so much credit. He was in Denver all summer, learning the Nugget system, learning the playbook more, and, like, really ingraining himself with the team and becoming a Nugget. And you're seeing the results of that now. He's been incredible. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's that got to be the biggest reason. Like, he's been the, the number one story around the Nuggets this season so far might be Reggie Jackson. Like, we were not feeling too hot about the contract the Nuggets gave him. Honestly, man, it might be one of the better deals of free agency last year now. Yeah, I, I was hoping for for like uh, uh, jingles for uh, <laughs> for Ingles to to come to the Nuggets like as a as a uh, uh, point forward, but he got like what ten million dollars. Yeah, <laughs> I love Joe Ingles too. He's not giving you twenty points with Jamal yeah. Murray out of the lineup, though. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah, he 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 might be you know uh, more of a glue guy than Reggie, but. But what Reggie gave us. So right now, okay, if we would look in the future and and think about the playoffs and think about the eight guys for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So you have the starters, you have the red, you have Reggie, you have Christian Brown, and you probably have, have uh, uh, Peyton Watson, right? Peyton Watson kind of showed the most out of all the younglings so far. I don't you know if CB is is already like a a semi-veteran guy yeah i'd agree you've got the starters right now your eight guys are the starters reggie jackson christian brown and peyton watson um i'm not ready to lock in peyton watson like for minutes every single game in the playoffs quite yet but he's trending that direction if this keeps up for another month or two he'll be locked into that spot um the thing you worry about is just their size and would the plan just be like they did last year to play Aaron Gordon at backup center? Uh, but you got to think about in your scenario, in that scenario, it's Peyton Watson sliding to the backup four yep. instead of Jeff Green. And I think you lose just, you lose a little size, you lose a little girth. Uh, you lose the, a little the only thing you, there. You, you... The only thing you don't lose is rebounding, I guess. <laughs> right. You might gain rebounding. Yeah. Uh, but that that's the only kind of question mark in that scenario. Are they just a little too small there and too skinny? Uh, but yeah, those are your eight guys, probably. Yeah, I agree. That's the biggest, that's the biggest concern there. The guys are just not beefy enough to to fill up the the the, the starters. But I don't know, maybe if starters have an even better uh, uh, playoffs than last season, which is quite possible because all of those guys are, are uh, uh, you know, pretty young and, and can give you more than than last season. Okay. Um, do you think 
Zeke Nagy will be glued to the to the bench uh, in the foreseeable future? No, I think he gets another shot. Like the Nuggets can't totally bury Zeke Nagy right now. You can't. You just sign him for this extension. Um, like you can't just sit him on the bench and forget about him. You've got to give him another shot. I was a fan of Michael Malone trying DeAndre Jordan. Like I was, I was feeling like we need to see what he can do, and it paid off. I mean, he had a couple great games. I don't think DeAndre Jordan is your backup center every night, though. I, I don't think that is the answer. I do, I do want them to go back to Zeke. I think they will. Uh, may, maybe on this road trip, you roll out Zeke Naji and, and give him another shot. Um, look, the 82-game regular season is a long season. We, we go through stretches. There, there's themes. There's tones to every, to every week. We're in the DeAndre Jordan era at backup center right now. I don't think it's going to stay like this for the rest of the year. I, I don't think it will stay like this for the rest of the month even. I, I do think Zeke gets another shot. And he should. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he does have uh, uh, another three years on his contract after this one. So the Nuggets obviously uh, have committed themselves themselves to, to Zeke. And uh, I, I would be surprised if we wouldn't see him. Well, at least uh, uh, until the trade deadline. <laughs> I mean, who's going to trade for him if he's not even playing minutes on, exactly. on the Nuggets? Nobody. Exactly, exactly. I, I agree with that. Okay, let's take uh, our last uh, short break and then we'll get to know Harrison Wind a bit. Don't go anywhere. Okay, Harrison, let's now go to the distant past. Please oh, tell God. me how you ended up on the BSN team which was the precursor of the dnvr and did you have experience in sports reporting before that oh man you're really dating me here Mirosov. <laughs> um how i wound up in sports media um i i mean i came from a bit of a journalism background I wrote for my high school newspaper. I did some journalism stuff in college. Nothing crazy. I definitely wasn't like on the traditional beat writing path. Um, how I started was how a lot of people in sports media start. They just start doing it on their own. I started just writing articles on my own. I started just building a presence on Twitter on my own. And that somehow led me to you know being a part of bsn back in the day and like being a contributor back in the day and then um i think it was under nate timmons uh original of nuggets media and nuggets blogging and then when he stepped away i took over from him and just honestly kept building up from there and, and and that was really the start of it um so i guess to answer your question how i got started i mean i just started doing it on my own which is how a lot of people in sports media start 
I feel like everybody <laughs> did the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I I need to change my my opening question. How do you start? Well, I started working for free and for very little money, and um, sacrificing my weekends and my friendship and some of my relationships, um, and yeah, it paid off. So when you got accredited for the Nuggets games, did you have a mentor? I mean, in the trenches, uh, going to practices and press conferences? I, some of them. I, I had definitely some people. Um, I mean, Nate in the early days. Um, I mean, Chris Dempsey, of course. I learned a lot from him and, and watching him. Um I mean, Matt Moore, who's always been a friend and like who's just, you know, been a source of information and who's like actually a great dude. Like, um, I've learned a lot from Matt for sure. Um, but honestly, man, a lot of it, because a lot of the Nuggets media is so it's so young compared to a lot of other markets. Um, like a lot of it was me figuring out things on my own. You know, I, I kind of just watched other people and how other writers and personalities operated in other markets and just kind of paved my own style, I feel like, and just kind of did what I thought was the best thing to do. Uh, so, so yeah, I definitely learned from those guys, definitely watched those guys. Um, but a lot of it was kind of me just doing it how I wanted to do it. And that was the great thing about the places I've worked BSN and DNVR. Like I kind of have the freedom to do media and cover the team, how I see fit. And like, that's all anybody could ask for in their job. I agree. I agree. So <clears throat> throughout the years, who was your favorite nuggets to talk to? And maybe a different question. Who gave you the most useful answers so far? When I think about like the pre-championship nuggets, I think about talking with Will Barton in the locker room. Um, it's It's funny, man. Will was like one of the first guys who actually voiced his belief that the nuggets could win a championship with Nikola Jokic. I mean, he was saying that stuff in like 2017. Yeah. He, he was his Kobe back then. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was one of the first real believers in the locker room. Um, Like Gary was the first guy to really like form a chemistry on the court with Nikola Jokic. Will Barton was the first guy to believe that the Nuggets could win a championship with Nikola Jokic as their best player. And, um, I had a lot of conversations with him back in the day about just that and how like this could be possible. Um, so it was him for sure. Okay. Um, how? Often... Which I know is going to be a controversial answer and probably yeah. drum up a lot of uh, a lot of storylines and, and oh, no, no, no. About Will Barton's time with the Nuggets. Ch Chill Ducey is going to love your answer, so so don't worry about it. He he is he is uh, one of the biggest friends of the show. So <clears throat> and this might be a bit controversial. You don't have to answer if you don't feel like. How often do you get the information you know you can't share with the audience and? 
does that piece of information influence your reporting meaning that you can't give your honest perspective on certain events because you'd reveal said information um i don't know if it changes my honest like i always give my honest opinion like i've i always talk with honesty i mean but yeah there are things i know about the team that i can't say of course <laughs> there are things you you hear and you see uh that are off the record and you can't repeat um I don't know why Nikola Jokic is shooting a historically bad percentage in his last two games. I'm not keeping that from you. I went over my theories earlier. But, um, <laughs> sure. Uh, of sure. course, man. I mean, we all just being around the team as much as we are. Of course, there's shit we see. Of course. But it yeah. doesn't like affect my honesty. I wouldn't say that. Yeah. So what was your favorite thing you had to sit on for a long time that finally came out and you felt relieved about it can, can you think of something like that my favorite thing i don't know are, are you thinking of anything in particular i mean not really uh, maybe maybe some some things about calvin Booth or some stuff about tim Connolly and their relationships with players stuff like that i don't know i mean there, there's just a bunch of stuff you you talk to those guys about um hmm i mean i don't know man um like what do you mean like with uh with like, like you, a, you like you knew a piece of information you were not supposed like like the nuggets had the, this and that uh trade target and you're not supposed to talk about it because you know they actually uh, want to target that guy and then that guy finally gets traded away somewhere else and you can say yeah they they want it like gotcha <laughs> i mean I, I think i think one that we've talked about on the podcast even before is that like I think Tim Connolly would have traded Will Barton for KCP if he was still the GM two summers ago. Yeah. I think that trade was already lined up potentially. Um like I always I always remember thinking back to um whenever the Nuggets were in a trade rumor for uh James Harden, you know, like 2017 Nuggets. Oh, Nuggets could be interested in James Harden. Nuggets could be interested in Kyrie Irving. Now, Nuggets could be interested in uh, Jalen Brown. Denver was never going to make any of those deals. <laughs> the Nuggets never seriously entertained any of those deals, to my knowledge. But, they never but did. You, but you need to entertain those rumors from your side to help the, the I guess, the guys with uh, the fog of war around what they're doing right yeah i mean some of that is like it's just the nba man like that's just that's the conversation sometimes and back then like you actually don't when you're talking to people you actually think like maybe maybe part of them is considering it um but looking back i don't think like that was something denver really ever seriously talked about with any of those trades they, they they never really thought about any of that stuff. 
there's this notion about the sport reporters and sports journalists in, in general that they're not supposed to be the fans of the team they cover. How do you feel about uh, DNVR enabling you to show your fanhood and and to show that you care about the results of the team you cover? Um, I think it's the truth because every sports journalist who says they don't care if their team wins or loses is lying. Yep. Because if your team loses... It's bad for your business. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That's a good way to put it. And like people, people say like you can't um, be a fan of a team or a player without criticizing them. And like, that's just false. Like we criticize the nuggets on the show all the time. Like the the guys spent an hour last night criticizing the nuggets. Um, So that that's always like a part of it that kind of pisses me off. People think at DNVR, we don't, we're not fair because we don't criticize the team or we're like scared about criticizing them because it would like take away our relations. Like we, we tell it how it is. We criticize the nuggets all the time. So I, I think we can do both those things. Absolutely. I, I 100% agree on that. And I feel like I'm the, the biggest, you know, Yoki supporter in the world. And mm-hmm. I, I really feel obliged to slam on him when he has bad games. And I, and I did so in, in, in the last couple of days. And I'm going to address some stuff about him at the end of the show as well. Uh, okay. Tell me, <laughs> what is the worst thing about the NBA league? you you've noticed and how would you remedy it um first off i hate the nba uh, <laughs> as a whole <laughs> i hate i i hate the nba i love the nuggets and i love the story of the nuggets and nicole Jokic, and not but i hate the nba um i mean the biggest problem the nba has <laughs> there are a lot of problems um players demanding trades after signing their contract is ridiculous um the fact that the nba relies as heavily as they do on the lakers and the celtics and the coastal markets is out of control um the fact that they still have not figured out how to market and promote Nikola Jokic is crazy. And it feels like they've kind of given up. Honestly, I think they've given up. They put very minimal effort into trying to make Nikola Jokic a face of the league, but whatever effort they gave, they've backtracked on and, and given up with. Um, they, I think they've just moved on to Anthony Edwards and, and Tyrese Halliburton, who are great. I love those guys. Um, but uh, I think they've kind of th- stopped really giving the minimal effort into pushing Jokic that they did. Um, so, yeah, th- there's a lot going on with this league that I don't like. But the great thing is we've got the Nuggets. And the Nuggets are a shining light in a just disgusting sea of – of uh, and the NBA right now. 
Okay, tell me something about your day-to-day -day job. What is the best thing? What is the best part of your job? And what's the part you could totally live without? The best part of my job is doing the Nugget Show. Is doing the podcast with the guys. Honestly, it's the best. Um, I love talking about a game right after it happened. I remember Bill Simmons when he... Um, when he was on NBA countdown and doing like the post game show on ESPN. I remember a reason he said he loved doing it because like he wanted to be talking about great and historical games right after they happen. And like, that's why I love doing the nugget show because I love talking about like what just happened and just giving my instant reaction on it and trying to put it into context. I, I love reacting to, to the games right after they're done. Um, the least favorite part of my job is probably the part of my job that everybody in sports media hates. People don't realize how much waiting around and doing nothing there is in sports media. Waiting for a practice to open to the media, waiting for a shoot around to open to a, the media, uh, waiting for the game to start in the hour and 45 minutes between when Michael Malone does his pregame press conference and when the game starts, that stuff is annoying, but I'll, I'll take that any day of the week. If it gives me the other parts of the job that it does. <laughs> I agree. Okay. Let's, let's now make one more jump into the past, but not too distant past this time. Let's go to Serbia. Now, what was your favorite place you visited in Belgrade and, and how about Sambar? Um, for me, Sambor was the coolest part of the trip because we heard so much about we've heard so much through the years from Jokic, from people around Jokic just about how he grew up and how why he is the way he is and uh, his personality and what makes him the person he is and going there like now i understand a lot of a lot more of like why Jokic is the way he is because of where he's from and like sambor is nicole Jokic, man like he is so representative of that city and how it moves and the pace it moves at and um how he operates um but just seeing like the horse track his uh kk joker um, talking with the people there, going to one of his favorite restaurants, eating the fish stew. Like I feel like I understand Jokic a lot more just because I was in Sambor. Um, Belgrade. I mean, Belgrade was awesome. The coolest part about Belgrade was definitely the meetups with like the DNVR fans. Those, those were two of the wildest nights of my life. Like those are crazy. Yeah, it, it would be a shame if you came half across the world and then like three people uh, came to the to the meetup. But the meetups were really epic. I can. Dude, I can we didn't. We, I didn't know what to, to expect. That. I didn't know what to expect, and we get there, and there's just like fifty people there waiting for us. It was crazy. Yeah, and, and then when and... we when we did go on like the Today Show and the equivalent of Good Morning America there in like twice in three days and then people were stopping us on the street for pictures that was kind of crazy too yeah you really uh, uh 
made a lot of noise in those seven, eight days in Serbia. The whole of Serbia was was talking about the, the NVR trip. Okay, before we go, I just want to shortly address something that a lot of people have been asking me about to comment on, on Nikola Jokic appearing on the list of the people that are supporting the party in power right now before the elections next week. I have to say something, and I do have some context uh, that I, I kind of understand. I've been in these rocky years in Serbia for 30 years now. And one thing I know that I cannot take any piece of news with 100% guarantee to be true. So this is the only reason I am not commenting on that because I have no idea what the context there is. And I just hope that because I am first and foremost a huge fan of basketball, a huge fan of Denver Nuggets and Nikola Jokic, I hope all this will go away soon enough so he can start playing better if that has any 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 kind of thing to do with his performances lately. Harrison, thank you so much for, for spending an hour on uh, with me on your weekend. I was kind of trying to wait for the for the schedule to be less dense so I wouldn't have to make you do back to back to back to back to back shows <laughs> on weekends. So thank you very much. And and again, I'm sorry we had to do it this week <laughs> with these. It's all Not good, man. I'm, I'm all, yeah, it, it's all good. Um, always happy to come on. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Okay. And uh, for you, my dear uh, listener, I will uh, leave you with one. Idemo nagetsi.